If you're listening to the show yesterday, you would have certainly heard a lot of talk about the vaccination rates and what's uh, going to happen to take the Northern Territory, uh, well, to, to get us to the point, I guess, where we can open up to other states. Uh, the Chief Minister spoke to us a little bit earlier in the week and this is what he had to say uh, when it comes to those vaccination rates and, and whether we would then be out of lockdown. So at 70, it, it becomes much less likely, and at 80, it would be incredibly rare under the national plan. So um, no one's ruling out lockdowns at these stages. It just gives you... I'll have much more choices at our disposal, depending on the scenario of, of the outbreak. Um but it, it's become much less likely that we'll have to do lockdowns. So that was uh, when asked about whether we would still be in a situation where we'd have to go into lockdowns if we do meet that 80% mark when it comes to those vaccines. Uh, but we also know that there was then that argy-bargy, I think you'd say, between the Federal Government and the Northern Territory Government around uh, just where those rates are at. The Chief Minister saying that the figures released by the Federal Government were flat-out wrong. Uh, he reckons it counted Medicare addresses rather than where the vaccines themselves themselves were administered. Um, but we do know that the CEO of the Palmerston Superclinic says that the Northern Territory government's method of counting those doses actually risks creating a false sense of security. Robin Carl, the CEO of the Palmerston Superclinic, joins us on the line right now. Good morning to you, Robin. Good morning, Katie. Robin, there is a lot of concern when it comes to these numbers. Um, what is the worry from your perspective? I guess the the issue is that we know that about 20% of the people that have come through our vaccination service have interstate postcodes, and that's not interstate postcodes linked to their Medicare address. We actually specifically say, can we please have your usual place of residence, uh, which sometimes won't be the address linked to their Medicare address. And I do understand the importance of getting it right. At the end of the day, we're one country and mm. we really should just be focusing on getting everybody in the country vaccinated and it shouldn't really matter where they get their jab as long as it's counted. Yeah. Robin, where, I mean, do you have... So you said about 20%, is it, coming from interstate and getting the vaccine at the super clinic? Well, it's a, vo- a variety of people. So mm. as we know, green nomads have always been a big part of our tourism industry. And there are a lot of uh, people who've been on the road for quite some time now, moving between states and territories. And so we get quite a few people coming through. They might have had their first injection in another state or territory and they're due for their second injection. Some of them come here for their first just before they move on to their next destination where they'll get their second injection in, the, in another state or territory. And I think um, we also have a number of fly-and-fly-out workers, so they take the opportunity when they're in between coming in and going out to get their injections done, but their home bases are actually interstate. And there certainly has been a little bit of vaccination tourism going on. We've had people who have told us that they've been quite desperate to get the vaccine, and so they've actually made the decision to come and spend two or three weeks in the Northern Territory and actually get the vaccinations while they're here. Really? Have you had many of them? Uh, I can't really say what the exact numbers are. We haven't really broken them down. And it's probably not a significant amount of uh, the percentage of interstate tourists, but enough that we've noticed it and and felt that that perhaps reflected that there was some angst in other states and territories that it took so long 
for the age groups to be opened up to mm. a much broader age group than, than was originally the case. Yeah. Robin, can you sort of talk us through, you know, when someone does get their vaccine, how is it then categorised, um, you know, with those figures that have come out from, from the federal government? Is it just a matter of, uh, you know, where they've received the vaccine? Or, um, you know, I guess for us and our listeners, um, it's becoming a bit confusing as to why the federal government's figures are different to the Northern Territory government's figures. So I, I guess what we're after is how it actually works when you are, um, you know, administering those vaccines in the super clinic and working out um, where someone's from. So basically what we, we are required to get Medicare numbers where people have Medicare numbers, not for the purpose of billing, but just so that we can actually upload their data into what's called the Australian Immunisation Register, which is the register that then allows people to get their digital certificates through their MyGov account. But at the same time, we also get their addresses and we're quite specific and we've been asking them if they could give us their current residential address, not their transient address, so the place where they spend the majority of their time. And, And that's the information we gather. For the Australian government, they've always used Medicare data in terms of identifying where demand and need is. And and to one extent, the Northern Territory government is absolutely correct. There are some people who just don't get around to updating their addresses on the Medicare uh, website. And so you will have people who are now living in the Northern Territory whose Medicare addresses are still interstate. But by the same token, you'll have people who used to live in the Northern Territory who've moved interstate who haven't changed their Medicare addresses either. So really that should balance out. So the critical thing in terms of making sure that we're targeting where we need to target, we should really be focusing on getting people's actual residential addresses so that we know where their primary place of residence is. And then it's just simply a matter of running reports on postcode, which is what we did. And we did that because of the the data that came out suggesting that the Palmerston region rates were much lower than the Darwin City rates. And we thought, oh, that doesn't sound right. But Mm. when we, we ran the report, we found it was actually correct. So we're sitting at about 55% of the people that we vaccinate are from the Palmerston region. So it it probably is a a more accurate reflection of what's happening across the Territory in that respect. Yeah, look, it seems so interesting. And I guess fundamentally what we want is for everybody to get vaccinated so we can try to reach those 80% uh, vaccination rates. But it does seem as though there is, um, you know, there's the potential for that false sense of security, I suppose, if the numbers are looking higher than what they actually are. Definitely, certainly in the urban areas. And I think there's a flip side to this argument where the Northern Territory Government is absolutely correct. And that is using Medicare data in in our very remote areas is not going to give us a good reflection on how many people have been vaccinated in those areas, simply because lots of our um, Aboriginal population don't have uh, a Medicare number. We, yep. we often find that people give us Medicare numbers when they come in for care, but they're invalid or they've expired and they haven't had a chance to renew them. You also get a very uh, transient movement between various communities, which will make it challenging to actually go community by community. So really, we should be looking at how many people have been vaccinated in those remote regions specifically, doing a head count there probably does work better than the Medicare data does in um, the urban areas. Yeah. Now, we heard John Patterson from AMSANT uh, on the show yesterday, and he reckons it should all be a little bit more transparent in terms of those numbers and uh, and that it should be, you know, we should have the ability to, to see exactly what areas we're maybe lacking, I guess, or what, uh, you know, 
what regions we're lacking, I guess. Um, do you think the same? Do you think that the figures do need to be a little bit more transparent so we can see exactly where we are at? I think it would make it so much easier, particularly for the AMSs, to know where they need to focus their energy in remote communities to, to get people on board to get vaccinated. It would also surely help the Department of Health locally to know where they need to focus their energies in getting vaccines out to communities. Again, the transient nature between communities does present a problem, but at least if we had a clearer picture of that information, and even if the government doesn't want to make it publicly available, it should at the very least make it available to those services Mm. that are actually being tasked with providing the vaccination services in those communities so they know where to focus their energy. There's no point in going to a community where 90% of them have had the vaccination and the community next door, no one's had it yeah. uh, because you're not actually getting the accuracy around that information. So it is a, it, look, it's tough and we do have this approach where basically anyone who wants to be vaccinated should be able to be vaccinated and it doesn't really matter where they come from because at the end of the day if we don't get the whole country's vaccination rate up to what it needs to be it won't matter which state or territory wins though we've got the most vaccinated people competition that seems to be running at a political level at the moment for reasons that i can't fathom Mm. uh it'll be irrelevant because the whole country is going to still be in that situation of being at risk so we really just need to be real we're all australian doesn't matter where you are get yourself into a vaccination clinic get your vaccination and let's just move on yeah, that is such a good point and, uh, and it's spot on. I mean, if all of Australia isn't up to the vaccination standard that we're expecting, it's not going to matter if we are here in the Northern Territory uh, when other states aren't. And and I also, I think it's been really interesting actually to see uh, the way that it sort of feels like we're in competition with each other or we're worried about other states. When, and yeah. Health service, in the health service arena, we're all looking at each other going, who cares? Yeah. We don't actually care. This is a race. It's a race to get the population vaccinated, but it's not a competition to see who gets the most people across the line. It's for the whole country to get everybody across the line as much as possible. Robin, how is the rollout going from your perspective out at the super clinic? Have you uh, still been run off your feet? Yeah, it's been going really, really well. Um, We are pretty much at capacity in terms of the availability of vaccines that we have. So we've had to do a little bit of tweaking so we can make sure we've got availability on the day for people who are coming in. Uh, Certainly the opening of the hub in Palmerston will be of great benefit. And I think probably one of the reasons why the rates in the Palmerston area have been a little lower than the Darwin Northern Suburbs area is the accessibility to vaccines for people has been a little more challenging. So we're really so pleased to have uh, the people in this area so willing to come in and roll their sleeves up and get that vaccination. And certainly when they announced that the age was changing to 12 and over, we were inundated with requests from parents who wanted to get their children vaccinated and from some kids as well who also wanted to get vaccinated. So I just think generally the Territory has done really a great job and we are leading the way in many respects but we should be leading the way and celebrating what we're doing and showing other places how to get on top of those people's reluctance Mm. uh, and getting people on board and showing them that it's not something to be afraid of what's 
what we need to be afraid of is what would happen if COVID got into our communities. We've seen what's happening in Western New South Wales in, in a couple of Aboriginal communities there yeah. at the moment. There's some 70% of one community that has been infected with COVID. It's just a horrendous situation. We don't want to see that happen here. The only way we can stop it is for people to get vaccinated. Well, Robin Carl, the CEO of the Palmerston GP Super Clinic, it's always good to catch up with you. Thanks so much for your time this morning. No worries, Katie. You have a great day. You too. Thank you.